Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. Today, I'm going to do part two of what we did last week. Amen. Did y'all enjoy that? I hope so. You know, I got a lot of comments from people on uh, that message last week and feeling motivated to believe God for great things, not for the sake of being great ourselves, but for the sake of accomplishing great things for God in our lifetime. Amen. And I got to tell you, I stirred myself up. I really did. My sister called me, she streamed and she's like, man, I got to get off the couch. I got to get myself stirred up. I said, Hey, I stirred myself up. Amen. And that's the thing about God is that it's the never ending story. It's always something new. And as we're faithful and as we press, he gives us new things and he blesses us in greater, greater ways. It's just a wonderful, wonderful cycle. And so this message um, today is a continuation of last week, living in the flow of God's favor. And I'm just going to go through, I've got 12 points and uh, I'm going to condense them. And last week I talked about maybe about six of them. So I'm going to go through and review those. And then we're going to talk about some other things. But um, just to review real quick, it's the new year. It's a time for new beginnings. Amen. It's a time for a fresh start, for a do-over. I don't believe it's just the passing of time on a calendar when a new year comes. I believe it's God's opportunity for a new vision, for a new realm, a new level. But there's God's part and then there's our part. And if you remember last week, I talked about, you know, how often you hear people talk about God's suddenlies, you know, and that's absolutely, but... I also know that in the course of leading into God's suddenlies, there are always, always patterns and prerequisites that come leading up to those things. There's fervent prayer. There's dedication. There's pressing in. There's commitments. There's desperation for God to move. And so we don't just live our life kind of waiting for these random suddenlies of God to show up or bless us or, you know, how many, how many remember the movie Rocky and he's getting ready for his fight and he runs up to the, to the, uh, church. He throws a rock at the window. He's like, father, Hey father, the priest comes out to the window. Would you fling a blessing down on me? <laughs> Amen. You know how many times in our lives we're like, Father, could you fling one down on me? You know, I saw this sign one time years and years ago in Portland outside of a church and it said, ask God to rescue you. I thought, what a great word. But how about ask God to make it where you don't need to be rescued? Amen. And that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about living in the flow of God's favor. We're not just desperately praying for God to help us and meet our needs. We're in like a river 
of his blessing. We're lining up with where God is going. I said before, if you want to be blessed, get in the flow of what God's doing. I think too many people pray this way. Uh, God, this is what I'm doing with my life. This is what I'm doing this week and today. Would you just bless it? Well, you know, to some degree, yeah. But when we're really living for God, really seeking his will, seeking his best, we're getting in a flow of him leading us, him making a way and us being obedient along that way, doing our part to be a blessing. And it puts us in a flow like a river of God's flow of favor, blessings, and miracles. Amen? Does that make sense? So as we go into the new year, we always make resolutions. We make commitments to ourselves. We're you know, trying to have a better year than last year, right? So how do we really do that? You know, Proverbs 29, 18. We all know this scripture. I love this. Where there is no vision, the people will perish. Amen. But he that keeps the law or stays on the path or in the flow, what does it say? Happy is he or she happy, happy, blessed, flowing in the blessings of God and the miracles of God. But you see, don't you just love this? God gives a vision, but then it's up to us to follow that vision, to be in obedience and to walk on that path that he's laid out before you. You know, I think that, well, if you remember, I told you the little story last week about Charlie Brown, Charlie Brown and Lucy. So Lucy challenges Charlie to a bow and arrow contest. And of course, she's the ultimate skilled. So she pulls out her bow and shoots the target at the, shoots at this target that she's marked out on the fence. Boom, you know, bullseye. She's like, beat that, Charlie. So Charlie picks up his bow and arrow. He walks down the, the fence, just randomly shoots the arrow, hits the fence. There's no target there, no nothing. And he says, I like to do it that way. Then I always hit my mark. <laughs> well, you know, that's how some of us maybe in the world or in life lived our lives, you know, just randomly shooting arrows and wrapping a circle around it, you know? Um, so Charlie shoots, hits the, hits the wall, and then he goes, draws a circle around it, says, that's how I always hit my mark. So what we want to do today is begin to fine-tune our vision a little bit. Fine-tune our vision. Aim at where we want to go. I always tell people, think about where you want to be this time next year. In your family, in your relationship with your husband, with your children, in your business, in your ministry, in your finances. And then just rather than randomly hoping that God will allow you like Charlie Brown to hit some sort of a mark and then wrap in a circle around it, to move forward in that. You see, it's very, very intentional to get on the path and stay on the path that God has for you. Yes, God can bless anything that we're doing, but he has a destiny. He has a purpose for each of our lives, and we can stay in line with that if we press in. I love 
uh, that scripture, Proverbs 29, 18. But I believe that living a life without a vision is like living in a house with no windows. I remember years and years ago, we went up to Colorado. We were wandering around, uh, driving up on this trail. We got up to this mountaintop and we realized there was a little plaque there and it said, this is the four corners viewpoint. So you're up on the very top of these mountain peaks and you can literally see into four states. It's so high, so magnificent. I mean, the view of a lifetime. And there's this little old pioneer cabin there that's over a hundred years old and it's got no windows in it. And my first reaction, of course, was, what a waste. But then I realized, okay, this cabin was not built for pleasure. This was built for survival a hundred years ago. But I thought this to hit me so much is that's how sometimes we live our lives in survival mode or with no view of the perspective of what's available to us. What a waste of a view for that cabin, although we realized what its purpose was. But I thought, what a waste of our lives when we build our life and build no windows for vision into our lives on a daily basis. What a waste of all that God has for us. You know, we can live our lives in our own natural realm. We can live our lives, you know, kind of like everybody else on the planet does, even that doesn't know God or a lot that know God, but don't really press. Or we can say, God, I want more. I want you to use my life and make it count. We have a window of opportunity on this earth to make a difference. And God wants to raise you and I up in every sphere of influence, in every area of our life, and cause us to be the influencers in the world. You might think, well, who am I? I'm just a little, I'm just a little mom. I'm a little grandma. I'm just one person. I'm just, you know, a student. The impact that one person can make by a commitment, as we saw on the video of Martin Luther King Jr. One person who rose up in boldness. One person who said, I'm gonna make a difference. One person who said, I'm gonna give my life towards this cause. None of us can do everything that needs to be done. But each of us can do what God has called each of us to do. Amen? (laughs) So, I love inspirational quotes. I love to be encouraged, motivational things. That's, I, I love one-liners that are just punchy. I love that. But you know what I love even more? Is someone who will sit down with you or put it in a book of how to get from A to Z or even how to get from A to D. <laughs> you know, We'll look at somebody successful or somebody who's accomplished great things. And I always want to see behind the scenes. I always wonder, wow, 
how did you get from there to there? How in the world did you, how did that happen? And so with us, you know, I love one-liners. I love the uh, suddenlies of life, but I love even more. Tell me how to get to that place where I'm in that flow of God's blessing. Help me to stop groping around in the dark. Help me to stop being Charlie Brown, just throwing an arrow at the fence, draw a circle around it and say, that's good enough. Let's be intentional about how we live. Amen. So there's no question that God wants to bless us, but those suddenlies will come as we move forward on his path of consistency. Did you get that? Those suddenlies will come. He's got those suddenlies up ahead on our path. But as we move forward consistently in the day-to-day, we're going to intersect with that suddenly blessing. Amen? But if we're not even close to the path, we may miss it. Amen? (coughs) Excuse me. You may remember last week I told you about Pat Riley, the coach of the Lakers years ago. He wrote this book on leadership. And he said that this struck me, and I've I've used this ever since, but he said, I always have the second string players that come to me, coach, coach, come on, put me in, put me in. I want to, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready to do this. And he would say to them, I know you're ready emotionally, but you're not prepared physically. And you haven't done the work to get there to be in that starting lineup. And they would say, well, how come so-and-so is always so lucky? How come he always gets? He's lucky because preparation meets opportunity. And so that was a big, to me, a lesson in life of how the world works, but also in the spiritual realm. Our preparation, our intention, our moving forward on God's path, our being obedient, our doing the work, showing up, being a part of what God's doing, paying our tithes, giving, all these things prepare us to meet up with that opportunity of God's blessings. Amen? Does that make sense to you? So luck happens when preparation meets opportunity. In the spiritual realm, blessings and miracles happen when preparation meets God's opportunities. Amen? So, number one, what is the first and foremost thing? We talked about it last week. Number one, the avos of a thing or the avote is the beginning. The most important thing on any endeavor. If you're building a house, you got to get that foundation right. If you're building a skyscraper, you know, it's not what goes on top that's the most important. It's that foundation underneath, that rock-solid core. There, in ancient Hebrew, it tells, it, it tells this, that the way a thing begins is absolutely critical to how it will end up. So in the course of our day, starting our day or our new year with God as number one, is the absolute most critical thing of where you're going to end up this time next year or at the end of the day. Your first and last appointments of every day are the absolute most important 
for the outcome of your day. Spending that time with God. At the beginning of the day, before climbing out of bed and looking at your to-do list or hitting the ground running or, you know, all the things that we have to do. Hit that alarm 20, 30 minutes early. Get up. Spend some time with God. Before you look at your mountain of to-do list, look at the mountain mover. Before you look at all your problems and issues, look at the promise maker, the promise keeper, the way maker. Before you focus in on all the issues of the world going on, focus in on God Almighty. It will change your life. You know, these things seem so basic. And yet, even if we love God with all our heart, even if we serve him with all our heart, our lives are so busy and so jam-packed that even in on paper, we would say, yes, God's number one in our lives. But in the reality of our daily lives, it's so easy just to let other things crowd in. And we end up living on our own strength, on our own limitations. We end up living in the natural realm that the world has to live in because we don't tap in to his super. Listen, in what we went through these last several years, facing the reality of cancer in Lion and in me, I'll tell you, that's one thing that became the ultimate, ultimate, ultimate importance to me. I've always been a person of prayer. I've always loved to spend time with the Lord. I've always, always endeavored to stay in that zone. But this was life and death. And so the first thing in the morning when all those thoughts would flood in, whew, this is... In the natural, there's all kinds of statistics. There's all kinds of physical stuff going on. There's all kinds of scary junk happening. Life and death. What would I do? Uh Uh-uh. Nope. Out, out, out. And I would focus in. And I would begin to pray. And I would cast down those imaginations. I would cast down the reasoning. I would cast down the natural logic. I would cast that all down. I would not let it grip me. And I would focus in on my God, my healer, my deliverer, my strength. And every day I would pray, God, as my day is, so shall my strength be. God, you promised that you are our healer. You are our deliverer. No matter what we face, no matter how big it is, whether it's a cold, a COVID, or a cancer, God, you are bigger and stronger, and your dominion shall prevail. And we have seen that. My God. Well, I'm telling you, that's a huge difference from just giving in to the circumstances that are your natural reality. Well, God forbid that any of us face those kind of things. But every single day we face the limitations of the world. Every single day we're facing the economy. Every single day we're facing the job situation. 
Every single day, we're sending our children off to school in a drug-infested, sinful world. Every day, we are facing the limitations and the natural flow of life. Every single day when you wake up, think about where you want to go in God and focus in on that and declare his promises, his promises in every area of your life. Declare the word of God over your family. Declare the word of God over your spouse. One time I preached on this 20 years ago. I had a good, wonderful family come up to me and the husband said, I have to admit, I've never really prayed for my wife every day. Now, you know, <laughs> what's wrong with you, man? <laughs> Where's your head at, dude? Even if we think about it, do we do it? Do we pray for our spouse? Honestly, do we pray for our children every day as they're going out? My God, what they're facing. As we're praying them out the door, as we're getting them out the door and to school, are we praying over them and covering them with the blood of Jesus, covering their minds, their hearts, their souls, their bodies? I'm telling you, there's an intent and then there's doing it. Amen. And so getting in that flow of God's blessings, really so much is determined by our choices and our diligence. Hey, I'm preaching to the choir up here. I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching to you because every day I face mountains of to-do lists as well. And I have to make that choice. When I wake up, I mean, I'm, I, I'm, a, I'm hitting the ground running. One time Katie asked me, mom, don't you ever sit down and have lunch? No, I eat at my desk while I'm working, you know? And, um, you know, that's, I'm an accomplisher, but I have to take that time to fuel my heart, my soul, my life, my body with the promises of God Almighty. We all do. Can you give me an amen? amen. Come on now. Come on. Amen. Then I talked about last week, plugging into his power, knowing that God has called each of us to be set apart and make a difference. Number two, how do we become that chosen one? Many are called, but few are chosen. Matthew twenty-two fourteen, choose to become a chosen one. God doesn't just have favorites. When it talks about becoming a chosen one, it's really talking about, I know there's all kinds of meanings there. But one of the meanings is that we, he puts that call out. He calls everyone. He calls every single person. Come on, you can, come on, be a part of this. And it's up to you and I whether we step in and become that chosen one. And then he moves. I see it as our, God's move, our move, God's move, our move. And so as we press forward, and it's really, to me, it's like Paul said, I am content where I'm at, but I'm pressing forward. So yes, it's from glory to glory to glory that he's changing us and molding us and shaping us. Amen. Then we go to, I'm just trying to fast forward here. Number, 
<laughs> Three, dedication and commitment. When convenient and not convenient. Listen, everybody's busy. What I've found, sometimes it's the busiest people that you can ask to get a job done. They don't have the time, they find the time. Because we learn to manage our time. So there's decisions and commitments that we have to make in order to move forward with God. There's so many things that are going on in the world that call for our time. There's every, every Sunday, I got to tell you, it blesses me so much that you would take the time and come out to church. In a life that is so media-oriented, in a world that has so many things going on, you know, it's easy to get out of the habit of going to church or even to, to stream. Sometimes, you know, we'll talk to even our dedicated stream family, and it's like, well, did you see last Sunday? Oh, yeah, I'm going to watch it, you know. And there's that appointed time that God talks about, Hebrews 10.25, do not forsake the assembling together. Why is that so important? Because it's so easy to get disconnected. It's so easy to just move back. It's so easy to just kind of trip over the equipment. <laughs> it's so easy to just kind of get away. Isn't it? Yeah. I mean, there were times with me, even in my desperation, where I couldn't come to church because my immune system was so low. You know, and some days it was like I'm at home. Okay, I got stream on, but man, I'm getting the house clean. I am doing this. You know, where you're kind of half paying attention. You know, I mean, that dedicated time, even if we're streaming or if we're here, just to say, God, this is just for you. And then I really challenge myself, even on stream, and I'm like, I'm on the front row worshiping in my kitchen. I'm on the front row. Nobody, I'm, 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 I'm carrying on. I'm all by myself. I'm dancing around the house. I'm worshiping. I'm praising. I'm screaming. I'm shouting. I'm declaring. I'm stomping. I'm having church at home all the way to the altar call. And when Larry's praying for people at the altar call, I got my hands on the screen. I'm like, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You know, we don't have to be that plugged in, but I'm telling you, it's the difference maker in our lives. Amen. Can I get a great big amen? Oh, I hope, I hope I'm not making anybody mad today. Like I said, I am preaching to me too. It's a challenge. It's a new year. It's a new time. It's a new season. The world has never been more ripe for God. They never, there's never been a more of an opportunity where God wants to raise up his people to be the head and not the tail. To be above and not below. To be those that are the difference makers, the influencers, those that stand in the gap for the world. I'm telling you, it is your season to be blessed supernaturally, unprecedented favor. I don't care what you've seen in the past. You might be sitting there right now, honestly, and we all do this. You hear somebody say something to challenge. Well, I might hear something. Uh, maybe I'm sitting in some mega, mega church somewhere. And 
they get up and put forth this kind of a challenge. And in my mind, maybe I'm sitting there going, well, yeah, easy for you to say, dude. <laughs> yeah, I think like that too sometimes. <laughs> or somebody says something, well, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know. <laughs> oh, oh, sure, God's a healer. Well, you don't understand what I've been through. Yeah, I do. I do. You don't understand what it is to be without any finances. Oh, yeah, I do. Oh, yeah. Many, 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 many times. Well, you know, you don't understand my circumstances, where I came from, what I've been through, what I'm looking at, what, what I'm facing when I leave this building today. You know, we all have issues. My goodness, I was in the grocery store a few days ago. I'm coming down the aisle. I'm just doing my business, getting my groceries. And I hear this kid who's working there and some customer, this nice gentleman, hey, do you know where such and such is? He's like, I don't know where anything is in this store. Everything is so disorganized. He goes, up, ah, blankety, blank, blank, blank. I said, hey, watch your mouth, kid. <laughs> You're offending me. I didn't come here to hear your, <laughs> I didn't go on that far, but I did tell him, I said, hey, watch your mouth. And he goes, oh, I'm so sorry. You just don't know the day I've had. You just don't know the things. Oh, I'm so stressed out. I'm this and that. I'm like, I didn't say anything, but I'm like, dude, I was in chemo three days last week. Shut your dang mouth. <laughs> I wanted to say that. Instead, I just said, thank you for saying you're sorry. And then I'm going through the aisles and he's moving in every aisle that I'm at, working on stuff. And he, every single aisle, he's, he's, he's defending himself again. Oh, this day just needs to end. This is, oh my. Uh, I'm like, uh-huh. Well, you know, we all have our days. I'm like, you know, I've had a few lately too. But I'm not telling the world about it. <laughs> but it's so easy to get in that rut of, oh, woe is me. Oh, nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Nobody knows the trouble. Uh, Brandon, help me out. <laughs> right? Why would we want to live that way? I felt like telling, oh, I had a whole sermon as I'm getting my canned corn, my chili. I'm like, dude, no wonder you're sitting on the floor stocking shelves. With your attitude, that's where you're going to be in 50 years. Come on, dude, get up here. Be a leader, be a helper, be a contributor. Hey, Amen. You got a job for crying out loud. Okay. Anyway, back to my notes. <laughs> Number four. Thank <Hey>, Katie. <laughs> Live your life on purpose and with purpose for God. I talked about this a little bit last week, but again, Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision, we perish. 
But we who keep the law, stay on the path, do the right things, live for God, be obedient, press into him, and then press into his best for us. Happy, blessed shall we be. Amen. Don't let our life just be in survival mode. Let's stop making excuses for why we're having trouble. Let's start seeking the reasons and the steps that we need to take to get out of that place. Amen. We've come through and come out of a lot of hard places over 45 years. And yet God has never, ever not proven himself. And he will be God if we let him be God. Those choices, living with purpose... To say yes to something means to say no to something else. To say yes to something means to say no to something else. To be here this morning in church is saying no to the football game at 12 o'clock. That is very important today and going to be really, really a great game that I'm going to try and get home for. (laughs) To watch with my dear invalid husband. He needs me. He needs me. (laughs) But there are choices that we make every single day. You might think, hey, no big deal, you know. But yeah, it is. It is a big deal if we get up and pray first thing in the morning. Start our day with the presence of God. It's a big, big, big deal. Amen. It's a big deal if we take the time out of our schedule to come to church, to stay come early and stay late, as I said last week, to be on stream, to be a part of what God is doing. When we care about what God cares about, it puts us on that path. You know, I said last week, people sometimes say, well, you know, I can stay home and and stream or watch a TV program of Christian preaching. I I can get all that. I can get as much at home as I can in church. And I, God gave me this last week. I said, yeah, but you know what? You can't give as much as you can at church. How powerful is it when you're sitting there rubbing shoulders with each other, when you're praising together, when you are mingling with each other, when you are shaking hands and loving on people, when you're greeting people, when you're talking to people, encouraging them in the Lord. You know what I missed so much about streaming? When I couldn't come to church, I missed hugging folk. I missed being close to people. I missed being involved with their prayers and the things that they're going through. I missed praying them through. I missed that interaction. Was it convenient? Yes. But I missed that because not only do they need it, I need that for my survival. One of the things people always say to Pastor Larry and me, you seem genuine. We seem genuine because we stay in touch with God's people. We're touched by the feelings of people's infirmities and people's hearts. And that makes a huge difference in us pushing forward in what we do. My husband studies more than anybody I know. If you go into our house, you'd think you were in the Library of Congress or <laughs> because there's books stacked everywhere. But he presses in. Here's here's a key phrase for that. He presses in to unlock the mysteries of God, to release the miracles of God in your lives. Amen. 
He's passionate. He's so passionate about not just having a deep, heavy revelation. He's passionate about unlocking those things that have people bound, those things that have us locked in and releasing the blessings of God into your lives. You know, one of the things, and I hit on it last week, I'm just going to hit on it real quick, and then I'm going to move right on again. But there are time wasters that are ridiculous in this day and age. Oh, my word. I mean, I talked last week about the internet and TV and social media and all these things, but I got to tell you, those things are addicting and time wasters. You got to say, in order to say yes to something, you got to say no to something. Those time wasters, those things that we could be doing something constructive. We could be doing something that would benefit us. You know, you, you click on one, you know, even, even things that aren't negative. But, well, let me just say, <laughs> let me just say one thing negative. <laughs> no, I was thinking last night about, you know, some of the stuff you'll see on social media. I'm not a big, big, big fan, but I am on there. But... Uh, because there's great stuff on there. I put stuff on there every week. In case you don't know, you would really love to be encouraged and motivated. But um, there's so much ridiculous stuff. I'm thinking, one time, I, here's one. So for breakfast, I had Cheerios. Lunch, I had Top Ramen. Dinner, I had Top Ramen and Cheerios. Like and follow me if you've ever done this. <laughs> I just made that up, honestly. It wasn't really on there, but I'm saying it's basically that kind of... Like, good Lord! What are you... What goal have you set for your life to put that information out there and wait for a response? Here's one, a reminder. And I did read this. You are not required to put every detail of your life online. I'm walking my dog like if you're walking your dog. I went to the mailbox today and it sprinkled rain on me like and follow if you've had that happen too. <laughs> Even stuff that is, you know, cute and funny. You know, I, I liked this little, uh, it was like little horses and ponies and, and children and just the interactions. It was so cute. The next thing I know, I'm bombarded with all these. I'm like, oh, that's cute. Oh, that's cute. Oh, what's the next one? Oh, that little pony is kissing that baby on the head. Oh, that little pony is pulling the stroller close to him. Oh, an hour later. Hi, oi voy. It's addicting. You know, I like, I like motivational things. And so, uh, you know, I'll go on Pinterest and I'm, oh, that's a cool saying. Oh, that's cool. I have this whole, you know, what do you call it? A board, you know, of, of, of biblical or wise sayings, motivational things. You know, you start down that road, then more pop up, more. Oh, that's good. Pretty soon you got 1,012, you know, that you posted. I'm thinking one day I'm like, these are such great sayings, but I never go back and look at them again. I don't do them. I'm like, get up off the couch and quit liking these things and go do it. <laughs> you want to 
You'll, you know, things like, things like dreams without actions are just dreams that will never come true. You know, I love things like that. I believe that. And, and for the most part, we try to live our lives that way. We dream big. We, we envision big. But then we go do it. But, you know, you can get so caught up in this day and age on, on the Internet and on this social media. I mean, I've got thousands of posts on that kind of stuff. I'm like, get up off the couch and go do it. Take new levels. Press into something greater. Come on, spend your time studying, researching, doing, instead of click, click, click. Amen. All right, I'm moving on. Has my point been made? <laughs> Do you realize it's not just you? It's me. It's the world. But let me give you just this. It takes discipline not to let social media steal or waste your time. There again, we're back to that discipline, aren't we? To say yes to something means to say no to something. Make as much time to dream as you do to scroll. <laughs> Point number five. Minimalist lifestyle. I hit on this briefly last week. Of just editing out the things that are minimally essential and adding in the things that are ultimately important to move to where you want to go in life. Time spent just mindless watching TV. Look, I know we're tired at the end of the day. I know, you know, we all are. I want to sit down and watch a movie with Larry. You know, we do that. That's not evil. That's no big deal. But when it's just, when we become addicted to these things and the time if you look overall at the time we spend on things that are non-essential, are not really going to change our life at all, and then we sit back and wonder why our life hasn't changed. You know, there's intentional things to do. You know, those things, sometimes we have to give up to go up. Even things that aren't necessarily wrong, we have to decide, okay, that's a distraction for me. That's taking up my time. That's wasting my time. There was a time in Portland, Larry and I had a desire to, in addition to pastoring, but we had a desire to get into real estate. We felt like we wanted to do things on the side that our entire living and income wasn't based just on pastoring. So we, I, I went to this seminar and bought, didn't have the money, but I put on a credit card. $100 at the time was pretty spendy for you know, non-essentials for these books that taught you how to do real estate. And, and, uh, and I brought them home and I'm like sneaking them in the house. I'm like, I bought something. He's like, cool, do it. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I will. And so, you know, I spent my evenings rather than watching TV. I spent my evenings working on these things. Next thing you know, this lady comes into our life. Who's a realtor. And she's like, come on, let's do some stuff together. She goes, I'll, I'll help you. She mentored me. She taught me how to do, you know, how to go to the county and get things passed and how to get excavators and do all these different things. And we did, did a development. Our first development, our first development was a 52, uh, 52 home site home development on a piece of land, 18 acres that had not been touched, just weeds, just this vacant land. 
amongst others, and in a town in Oregon City, where we lived, where they had not allowed a new subdivision in 28 years because they have urban growth boundaries and they didn't want growth. And they fought, fought, fought. I got a lawyer, a, a real estate lawyer. We fought it for two years and then we did it. And, but I said no to TV in the evening to do those things and it became very successful. And we did eight more. And so I'm, I'm not just preaching. I'm talking a lifestyle that said, God, you could do this for us. And we became the biggest donors in our church from that investment, from those opportunities. And so there was a purpose in it and God blessed it. I didn't have history in that, but God opened the doors as we went. Edit your influences. This is probably the most important factor of anything that I'm gonna tell you right now. Years ago, Larry and I wrote a book. We went to the Booksellers Convention to launch these, launch these two books. We ran into an old friend of ours. I won't tell you his name because I wouldn't want to put him on the spot. But he was a gr great author, a motivational speaker. We had read all his books on motivation, on the kind of things that we're talking about right now. He is just this influential person and the nicest guy. And so we ran into him. We're like, hey. Bill, where you been? What's up, man? We haven't seen you in a long time. He's like, you know, I've been out of circulation for a few years. He goes, I came to a point in my life, all my books were written, they all had done well, but I was flat. I had nothing. He said, I was just so uninspired. I didn't have anything to give. He said, so I just basically took a back seat thought, all right, God, I'll just wait for you to inspire me, inspire me, give me something. And he said, all of a sudden, he came to a point one day where he realized God was telling him, your influences around you are causing you to be in this rut. He said, I was so stuck. I, I would sit and I would try and think of something inspiring or something to I couldn't think of anything. And he said, I realized that I needed to cut out these relationships that were flattening my vision. And I needed to get around some people that were motivated, progressive thinking, inspirational to stir myself up. He said, so I told my friends and my, you know, listen, I got to do this for myself. I love you. I'm still your friend, you know, but right now I got to go after something in my life. And he said, within a week, ideas just begin to flow and, and, and inspiration and motivation and all these things. He sat down and wrote this incredible book and he was there at the same time that we were to launch his new book. And it was a great book. But boy, that stuck with me. He had to cut out relationships that were flattening his vision. You see, John Maxwell, the great motivational speaker, he calls this the law of your circle of friends and influences. He says that your closest people to you determine your own level of success. Now this may sound mean or, you know, 
high and mighty, but listen, there's a lot at stake. And most people do not know how to be progressive. There are three kinds of people, or three kinds of conversations. Most people gravitate to the lowest level of conversation, negative. Sometimes people, that's all they can talk about is just negative. Well, you know, did you hear? Well, you know, that's all they can conjure up to talk about. There's another level of conversation that is just this weather we're having. <laughs> weather talk, non-meaning, just chatter. Third level, highest level, ideas, concepts, insights, what I learned, how to change the world, how to change my life. Those are conversations. Those are three distinct levels that will determine where you go. So when you're hanging around people that are just negative or if they're just flat, it's going to affect you. There's no way it cannot affect you. And so it's not to be mean or just be, you know, high and mighty, like I said, but it's survival. And where you want to go, you have to guard that. For years and years and years, my husband and I would listen to John Maxwell tapes in our car on the way back and forth from church for like five, six years. We would listen to him. I mean, we could, we could, we could preach his messages, inspiring us, teaching us how to be leaders, teaching us how to be people, people, teaching us how to move in the flow of God, teaching us what it takes to be a leader. All these things. Then one day we got to invite him to come and speak at our church. And I remember just giggling when we went to pick him up at the airport because he was sitting in our back seat talking. And to me, it was like I'm listening to his tape, you know, because he's in our back seat. But we befriended him and followed him years before we ever got to meet him. And his words changed our life. Our words transform, his words transformed us from the inside out. It's so important, and you have that drive time opportunity to not just listen to music or listen to chatter on the radio, but to listen to things that will motivate you, equip you. You want to be a leader, we got to learn how to be leaders. You want a better paying job, a better position, you got to learn how to move forward in that. You want to be a leader in the world and influential. There's things that you have to learn to get to that point in your life. And so sometimes the greatest thing that you have to do is edit those influences out of your life. Sometimes those are people that are close to you. You can't just abandon them or let go. But you can limit the influence that people close to you have. I told you last week, there, were, there was a time my husband and I had to go to this event. We knew that there were going to be those kind of people there that always want to steal your dreams and flatten your vision. And, uh, you know, I said to Larry when we were getting ready to walk in, don't let it bother you. It is what it is. That's not who we are. That's them. They want to be that way. That's fine. But you and I, we're going in there and we're going to be who we are and go after our dreams. Amen. Edit those voices. Number seven, edit those voices speaking into your lives. Basically the same thing again. Our minds are so powerful. Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flows every issue of life. Guard your heart. Your mind is the core of everything that you will become and everything you won't become. 
And so our heart is the core. Do you see something and look at the limitations? Or do you look at, see something and look at the possibilities? We all know that old story of the missionary that went to the island. There was natives there and, and he was going to bring the gospel, but he wrote back home and he said, he said, these people don't even have shoes. They don't even have shoes. And he, he said, I'm getting this story wrong. missionary. <laughs> he was a shoe salesman. <laughs> oh my gosh. And talking about editing. <laughs> oh, anyway, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> I'm getting close to the end here. <laughs> okay, anyway. <laughs> it was a shoe salesman. <laughs> if the world has ever needed God it's a now it's now and they need you to be a voice and an example of hope and light amen number nine we are blessed to be a blessing amen that will change your life when you get up every day and ask God how do you want to use my life today instead of just praying God bless me Lord how do you want me to be a blessing to the world and then number 10 an attitude of gratitude until, listen, this is a good one though. <laughs> Until God opens the next door, praise him in the hallways. <laughs> praise him in the hallways. I like that. I just saw that yesterday. That's, you know, sometimes we're not quite where we want to be. Well, always, really. Listen, if we are where we want to be, then you need to be moving to a new spot. You need to be pressing into a new level. But life is continual challenges. But rather than getting grumpy and crabby and, you know, discontented, until God opens that next door, praise him in the hallway. Amen. From glory to glory, he's changing us. I talk all the time about the choice to rejoice. <laughs> oh, okay, number 11. 
endurance, sustainability, and then we're going to close on the last thing. You know, you got to have grit. You got to have guts. You got to have determination if you're going to move forward in the world or in God's kingdom. There's, I, I've used this so, so many years ago, and my Brazilians, you can correct me if I say this wrong, but there's a word that the Portuguese language has, gara. Have you heard that? Any, <laughs> so, gara. Is that how you say it? G-A-R-R-A. And what it means is claws. And so it's the word for endurance. You know, Matthew 14, 11, those people who keep their faith until the end will be saved. So there's that endurance, that longevity. And in Portuguese, this word gara means claws. And the imagery is of this small animal that has these claws and just hangs on to the side of a cliff. Just hangs on to the side of a cliff. Against gravity, against all natural laws of physics, just hangs there. And that's the term that they use about us having grit, having gara, having the gumption and the endurance just to hang on when you're on the cliff or on the edge of something. Amen? That, that is a part of things. Then number 12, this is where I want you to stand with me. Get a God-sized vision for our lives. I said this in the beginning, but quite honestly, even in this message preparing it, I encouraged myself to go to new levels in my commitments and in my vision and my goals. And I encourage each of us, not just to get a vision to get us through the next day or the next week or the next month. Let the power of our prayers be beyond just our needs for the moment. You know, so often we just, we pray, God, meet my needs today. God, I gotta pay this bill. When God is saying, I want to make you the head of that company. I want to make you a leader in that business. I want to take you from the stock person. <laughs> from the cranky stock person or shoe salesman. <laughs> and I want to make you the manager and the leader. I want to make you a person of influence. A person of affluence. And let me just say this, that word affluent, the root word of that word, affluent, is flow. You see, we're blessed to be a blessing. And if you want to be affluent, it's got to flow through you. Yeah, there's plenty to be blessed, but it's got to flow through you to reach the world and accomplish great things. So get a God-sized vision for your life. Take the limits off of yourself and take the limits off of your God. If you can accomplish your dreams on your own, you're not dreaming big enough. Let me say it again. If we can accomplish our dreams and our vision on our own, we're not dreaming big enough. Because we need to live in a place where if we're going to get that vision accomplished, we have to have God. It's that big. God gives us dreams one size too big so that we can grow into them. How about those hand-me-down clothes we used to give our kids? Oh no, it fits. We'll just roll those pants up and cinch that belt up. No, it fits. Get to school. <laughs> so God's the master. He gives us a dream that's too big so we can grow into it. 
He'll put something in your heart and you're like, wow, I don't know if I could ever do that. He'll grow into it. Go with his flow. Let him encourage you, strengthen you, build you. Don't define your future by your own skill set, background, or abilities. Factor in the God factor. Your life is unlimited. And as we do our best, he will do the rest. And here's one of my favorites. Don't be just pushed by your problems. Be led by your dreams. Don't just be pushed by the problems around you. Be led by God's promises. And there again, what I said, get up in the morning. Don't just think about all the issues. Think about God's abilities. Amen. Impossible is always God's favorite starting point. Amen. Lift your hands with me, would you? Let me just have a final prayer declaration over you and those of you that are on stream. Father, we break every stronghold. We break every limitation of fear, of our past, of failures, of disappointments, of negative voices and influence. Father, we sever that stronghold on our minds, our hearts, our lives, and our future, and on our family, and on our finances, in Jesus' name. God, we repaint the images in our mind of negative or doubt or fear with your promises, your 8,000 wonderful promises of hope, of blessings, of miracles. God, we release your unlimited possibilities and promises of favor, grace, help, equipping, wisdom, insights, health, abundance, overflow, happiness and joy, and your miracles. Receive, receive God's renewing and refreshing and restoration. Let him breathe his breath of life into your heart, your mind, your soul, and your body. Receive a God-sized vision for your life and your future. Color your mind, your life, and your destiny with God's promises and let him anoint you smeared with his abilities of his favor, grace, and equipping. Grace to do what you could never do on your own or accomplish on your own and let him put his super to your natural in Jesus' mighty name. Now, would you give him some praise? Come on, step into it, step into it. Step into it, amen. Amen. God bless you. And if we have any shoe salesmen, I apologize. I didn't mean to offend you or no, it's a noble. It, that's not what that was about. <laughs> Amen. I love you. I appreciate you so much. God bless you.